Hello, and thank you for listening to Building Your T-Shirt Empire. My name's Cole, and today we have Griff from Combat Flip Flops. Griff, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, so my name's Griff, uh, former Army Ranger in the military, did a whole bunch of stuff downrange, uh, got out, and I saw the thing that would best promote security and safety in these areas was business. And the one thing that people can generally make everywhere is clothing and apparel because everybody needs shoes and everybody needs clothes. So that you typically find tailors and cobblers wherever you go, regardless of the developing nation status or first world status of a country. Um, so we, we started a fashion and clothing company making flip-flops in a combat boot factory in Afghanistan. And now we make, uh, now we make our flip-flops in Bogota, Colombia. We make sarongs and scarves and shamas and other products in Afghanistan. We make jewelry out of landmines in Laos, and we print and sell our t-shirts right here in the U.S. Um, so that's been a fun little adventure. And uh, I'm also working with Andrea Lake on Teacher. Uh, she was a great mentor to me as I started this business, uh, her and Dan Caldwell, primarily Andrea. And she's just been there to help us out along the entire way. And she's probably the primary reason our apparel line has been successful is because of the work that we've done with her and Teacher. Yeah, she was really great when she was just on. She's like, it's such a wealth of knowledge and experience. So the name of your company is Combat Flip Flops. Were you on Shark Tank? We were on Shark Tank. Yep. Hey, we got to go into that a little bit. What was that experience like? You know, how much was it edited down? What is the truth of Shark Tank? So our, our, our Shark Tank experience is a little bit different than most because it's like 55 to 65,000 companies apply per mm -hmm. year. They down select a 200, fly like 175 to film. You know, film 165, 70, air 150. Half of those get deals on air. So you're looking at 75 and half of those deals that close on air close to due diligence. So like 35 companies a year out of 55 to 65,000 companies actually do deals with sharks, right? So the math is quite staggering. Yeah. Um, and we didn't even apply. Oh no. Yeah, they, they called us, <laughs> which so it was really interesting. So we recognized the opportunity yeah uh, for what it was and we trained like we were training for a special operations mission and we went down there like a good old ranger raid we got in got what we wanted and got out um that's amazing yeah the, the the whole production crew uh is unbelievable the sharks were awesome we were probably in the tank for an hour 45 and it got edited down i think like nine minutes maybe there was a lot of gold in there but uh like if you search youtube like the best shark tank moment i think it, it brings up one of our moments in our oh yeah in our pitch which was uh, which was a good time and we ended up walking out with three sharks mark cuban damon john and laurie grenier and mark's team has just been spectacular they've been super helpful to us especially during the time of covid you know really helping their companies navigate all the the loans and all the programs that are available for small businesses and so we couldn't be happier to work with them. Mark's a great dude, great organization. And we're super thankful to have had that experience four years ago and it's still paying dividends today. So we're thankful. Yeah, that sounds like an amazing opportunity. I couldn't imagine uh, having that kind of credibility behind my business. It sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's, but it's one of those things like we're, if you look at some companies who do it, that's like front and center on their website. And there are mm -hmm. other companies who are like, it's somewhere buried. And there's other companies like where you can't find it on their website at all. And we're the third. Yeah. You know, you know, like it helped. Like we're super thankful for the experience, but like we're more than just a Shark Tank company. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And, and what is it that, what is it that you think makes you more than just a Shark Tank company? And you're not just you know, surviving off reruns, but you're an active, like successful e-commerce platform. You said it, we're an active, successful e-commerce platform. 
you know, we don't, we don't rely on that as our, as our crutch. You know, we use it as a stepping stone to get where we needed to do to collect all the information and the emails that we needed in order to market appropriately and then drive our business forward profitably. Break that down a little bit for the people who are, you know, on the, on the beginner side of it. What does that look like for a one-man band trying to make, you know, that first 10K a month? Um, email is king. Yeah. Like if anybody's lying, like don't follow the shiny ball. Don't answer those emails that are hitting your inbox. We can get you 10,000 row ass on your advertising. Like don't follow that shit. All you need to do is make a quality product, collect email addresses, and then communicate to your customers in a clear, honest way that motivates them back to your website to buy your product. So email is the number one thing that will drive your business, your online e-commerce business. That's how you can communicate to your customers without paying the big dogs like Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and all those other cats. Like if you get an email, now you're directly talking to the person and you can be as effective as you need to be. Um, and so we drove more business and more users to our website in 36 hours than we did in our entire company history because of Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. And we harvested all that information and then we rinsed and repeated it, analyzed it, broke it down, marketed it appropriately to get you know better return on ad spend on our own internal marketing efforts through the big dogs like Facebook and Instagram and all those other cats. Mm -hmm. um, but for us, the primary thing for that was the traffic and the emails. Like you gotta be capturing emails, have to. Yeah, absolutely. And with the email systems, are you... Um what's your kind of mindset with it are you a let's send an email every single day do you believe in doing it weekly how do you make uh, sure you don't end up in that spam folder even if they do like your product so you know we like the majority of people on these days are on gmail and whether you like it or not gmail's got a great filter that drops all of your promotions over another promotions folder mm -hmm. so they're just going to keep their business in their inbox and their promotions in their promotions folder so it's, it's just one of those things that you know, but when somebody goes to the promotions folder, like is your email standing out in the promotions folder? Is your headline and tagline clippy enough? Is your return email address clippy enough to get them to click in amongst those 50 other emails that are in there? And do you so now have, you have a whole team working on that at this point? No, there's just five of us in our company, right? Oh, wow. Got, yeah, we're, we're a five person team. We're 10 years old. You know, we just focus on you know, stand small and stand nimble and stand aggressive. And it just, we focus on product development, you know, come out with new products, try to deliver an email once a week. And then everything else after that is just our, our flows. So our welcome customer email flow our abandoned cart flow our browse abandonment flow our win back series flow, all of those things that you time in with relevant messages for your customer to just maintain a touch point and consistency for them. Moving on to the production side, because it is overseas, how are you managing quality control in other countries? It's a mix. You know, a lot of the times, specifically our footwear, which makes up the majority of our revenue, our, our operations manager will fly there. Um, we do everything through G Suite or Google Workplace. So mm -hmm. video chats, you know, Google Meet, you know, photos back and forth all the time, visual inspections, video inspections. If we need to hire independent third parties to go check stuff out, we will. Um, but you can do a lot now digitally that you just weren't able to do even five years ago. And, you know, three or four DHL overnight shipments of samples for quality control is a lot less expensive than sending one round trip ticket to whatever country we need to go to. Yeah. So we just focus on like, hey, just a really good DHL relationship and send the products here. We're going to take a look at them. We're going to hop on a video chat 
but we're going to go through what we need you to do. And if you don't do what we need you to do, you just don't get paid for the product that you're building. It's yeah. really that simple. People like getting paid. Yeah. How did you source these uh, production facilities to begin with? And like, how did you know people were trustworthy on day one? Time in the military, I guess. Yeah. So you learn to read people pretty okay. well. Uh, we started with a combat boot factory in Afghanistan that was ran by a former Marine captain. So I had a, a level of, you know, a level of trust in him in order to be able to pull through and he delivered for us. Um, and then, you know, typically we go to these factories, we meet the folks and then it's, it's, our mantra is uh, fail cheap, learn fast. Yeah. Fail cheap, learn fast, like develop a product, see if it works don't throw all your eggs in one basket. If it works, you can make more. If it doesn't work, cut it, let it go, move on to the next one. And this, that's just what we do in Columbia. Like we got hooked up through a consultant at a trade show who introduced us a couple of businesses. And then my brother like flew down there, you know, our, our landmine jewelry, you know, we met with a company in New York that is doing millions of dollars of business in high-end jewelry. And we said, Hey, if you want a, a more affordable line, can you make it for us? And they did. And they've delivered ever since. Um, our t-shirt printers are actually, the toughest ones to deal with yeah you know? like they just are um yeah. and they, they they were pretty good until covid hit and i think there's just a lot of issues that are coming around with everybody in the t-shirt industry right now so they were really trying to be empathetic to the manufacturers and how they have to change up their workplaces in order to be able to fit all the people through they're dealing with supply chain issues in the same way that we are so decks and styles and sizes go out of stock all the time and yeah, it used to be frustrating what would happen like once a month and we get really upset about it and now it's happening like once or twice a day yeah and we can't be frustrated with it we just need to change our system and how we change up our products and it goes all the way through to the thing of like hey we're doing a you know bella canvas deck right and on this color gray and that went out in a size large which is our number one popular size and we had to order samples we had to hire models get in the photography edit the photos get everything up on the website and that takes time and money and all of a sudden that product just went away. Now we have to order a new one and do it all over again. So it's, it's just a challenge, but that's something that everybody's got to deal with. And if you're going to be successful right now, like you have to deal with it more effectively than everybody else. Yeah. That, I mean, that definitely hit, hit us in the exact same way with uh, companies like Bella Canvas, just not having stock because of issues overseas. Um, are your printers stateside or are they overseas also to save money? No, our printers are, are all, all stateside. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, we, we primarily focus on advertising in North America. Mm -hmm. uh, so we use print on demand printers and we you know, really try to, you know, with the system that we use, we try to pick the printer that's closest to the customer. Um, oh. Yeah, so we lower our shipping costs because I mean, I hate to say it, there's just the overall price of a t shirt has a limit. Like it's mm -hmm. price elasticity, it, it's basic economics, right? So, like, how much margin can you build in your shirt to get it to a customer and have them be satisfied with it to buy another one? And there's right. really not that much room to play with. So you got to be really efficient with how you do that. So you said print on demand. Does that mean your shirts are DTG or are they doing screen printing on demand? DT, uh, DTG. Oh, wow. And that's been, yeah. that's been uh, low enough cost for your margin? Running uh, yeah, we, yeah, so our, our, our apparel runs anywhere between, depending on the month, anywhere between 10 to 20% of revenue. Mm -hmm. So our, our main products are our footwear and our jewelry and a few other products. And so for us, you know, I view apparel as more of a marketing expense than I do okay. it as a revenue generator. 
yeah. um, which is going to be different than a lot of your listeners, right? Like they want to make money on t-shirt companies, but we have a different product. And so for us, it's how do we increase the average cart value? How do we upsell them in shirts? How do we get them wearing our logo and our brand? So that way, when somebody rolls around wearing a be a better human shirt, they go, oh, that's a cool shirt. And they go, yeah, they make these flip-flops too. And then people look at the website and they go and they buy flip-flops and then they buy a shirt. So we don't have a $25 cart. We have a $75 cart. Yeah, exactly. So if you do have something like a print-on-demand system handling the apparel, and then somebody buys uh, footwear that was done overseas, do they ultimately get multiple shipments? Or do you have print-on-demand holding your inventory so that they can ship together? And does that affect your print cost and make it too high? Or not your print cost, your ship cost? Yeah, I mean... we. But again, it's like, I look at it as a marketing expense. So they, one, they get two separate shipments. Like we have a, sh a warehouse in Florida. So whenever anybody orders multiple packages, they're going to get information that says, hey, if you ordered a t-shirt, it's going to come through in a second package. It comes right through on the receipt. You're like, we're going to send you separate tracking information. It's going to be there in anywhere between seven to 14 days. Like uh -huh. it's just, and it says it right on our website as well. These are direct to print. Like it just takes a while to get to you. And because we communicate so clearly to our customers, they understand and they get it. And yes, we do take it in the shorts a little bit on shipping. But again, I can look at it as a marketing expense to right. increase the brand versus the primary revenue driver for our company. But you know, a lot of your customers who are going direct apparel, like they're all going to send in one solid shipment. So they shouldn't have the same problems we have. Yeah. Well, I mean, I we see that problem. I we um we do some YouTubers who want to do products that we don't offer, obviously. And yeah. so we have issues where they'll order something from China, wait six weeks, it'll show up at our warehouse, then we're trying to ship it with the apparel that we're already doing for them. And I mean, it's definitely a relatable problem to have multiple locations. I think the number one problem I see with that is entrepreneurs and small business owners, they're afraid to pick, pack and ship themselves. Mm -hmm. Like we started in my garage 15 feet behind my kitchen. Right. If we turn that, it, like, it sounds odd, but like long story, we have a book. Uh, if you want to find out more about our company and how we started and like, if you want to hear about the diff most difficult business in the world to start, like go to our website. It's free right now. It's our COVID gift. Everybody's killing time. Go to our website, get the book for free. We have an audio book for free. Just, you can learn about it, but we started in a 20 by 30 garage making flip-flops behind my house after all of our factories failed. And then that turned into wow. our distribution facility after Shark Tank. And we moved millions of dollars of equipment or, and, and gear out of a 600 square foot spot. That's like, so cool. you, you just got to be willing to like put boxes on a shelf, inventory everything appropriately, learn to use Shopify and ShipStation, mm -hmm. you know, get all your products, all your shipping materials from Uline and figure out how to organize USPS, FedEx, and UPS to come by your house once a day to pick up all your stuff. It's not hard. All the instructions are on Google. You can yeah. figure it out. I promise. Yeah. I, I do feel like a lot of the times when I see people who have been trying to start their business for two, three years straight, there is a lack of just intense energy. Because I know when we started, I was a bit insane and I had to like, you know, be doing stuff at midnight to just keep going and going and going because I couldn't staff up and I couldn't have a lot of overhead, especially in the beginning. So yeah, there's definitely like something really impressive about that grind and doing it in the back of your house is exactly that example. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's just two, I mean, the mantra of you have to work, be willing to work a few years of your life the way most people won't. So that way you can live the rest of your life the way most people can't. It's just, it's it. Like, do you know your business inside and out? And because we went through the process of making flip flops, we went through the process of shipping. When we go to any of our manufacturers, 
we can literally spray adhesive and sand a flip-flop just as good as that manufacturer. And when you as the, the buyer, the owner of the company working with that company, like if you can make the product just as good as them and you can talk to them and I'll give you an example. My brother, Andy, put 8,000 individual flip-flops across a sander for 4,000 pair in about three and a half months. And so when we went down to our manufacturing facility, our new one in Columbia, they're like, oh, it takes a minute 45 to sand this. And he's like, no, it takes 47 seconds. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 no. And they tried charging us for a minute 45. And we know we're going right. to make thousands of pairs of flip-flops with them. And that time they're charging us for is money. Yeah. Exactly. And, and he says, he just grabs a flip-flop and he gets on the sander and he bangs it out. He's like, get a, get a clock, right? 47 seconds later, that thing was done. He's like, I'm not paying you for your initial rate. I'm paying you for my rate. <laughs> and that's that that has translated to savings to us all the way across the line and when he goes down yeah. to a warehouse and looks at how they're pick packing and shipping our things like he knows dimensional weight he knows all of these things because he did it right. right if you're not willing to do it yourself you're going to get by somebody who's going to take your money to do it for you mm -hmm. you got to be able to like work through the process and it's going to be a couple hours on youtube a couple of days of work it'll be hard you'll get better you're going to be fine. Like learn the process, but then contract it out to somebody else. Yeah. I, I think that's great advice. Did you come into this straight out of the military and then do it full time? Or were you working another job and this initially started as a, as a, as a side hustle? Uh, I got in the military in 2006 and I didn't go full time into combat flip-flops until 2013. Okay. Um, we had the idea in late 2009 um, did all of our prototyping and development and selling all of our belongings to, to make prototype footwear, right? And just sold a couple guns, sold a couple motorcycles, sold a boat, sold a hot rod, like mm -hmm. whatever you need to do. Like if, if you're not willing to do all that stuff as an entrepreneur, to start your own business, to sell all your things that have value in your house because you like them, like don't start. Yeah. If you're willing to put all that stuff up on Craigslist and take cash money for it to start your business, then you might have a chance. And now I, I, uh, I got out of the military, I built homes till the market crashed. And then I did a couple other jobs in between. And I was a uh, vice president of operations for a uh, equipment repair company that focused on repairing special operations, military equipment. And then it just got to a point to where this project wasn't a side project anymore. And, you know, people don't commit to you until you commit to it. And so I fully jumped into it in summer of 2013. How did you end up um, getting hooked up with teacher and that whole crew because you said that they uh directly like influenced your business thriving well, what was that relationship like in uh, may of 2013 so about a month before i made the jump i was part of a special operations team that was uh, hired by andrea uh, to go down and she runs this event in sedona called magic where she brings in all these cool entrepreneurs and we were there as kind of some instructors and we were teaching them first aid and wilderness survival skills to entrepreneurs who don't never done stuff like that. So it was just a cool. Event. Awesome. And, yeah. And in that time, like I just, while I'm there, I'm going to pick brains. And I sat down with Andrea and just, you know, picked her brain and she was super helpful and kind and caring and giving. And she gave me a ton of advice and I just took it and ran with it. And now we've got a business, right. We've been <laughs> friends ever since. Yeah. That's great. It, what was, what was some of those big takeaways that, that influenced you so much. Do you remember like some specific genius gems that she gave you? Those probably didn't come in until I got the first iteration of the teacher book. No, I'm going to, I'm going to go back. Like just being able to see somebody who started with nothing and mm -hmm. made something and then being able to turn around and to help more entrepreneurs. Like that's what I wanted to be. So seeing that demonstrated example in life was good. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it was very inspiring. And I was like, okay, she can do it. I can do it. And that what one person could do, another can do. And so that was probably the most influential thing that happened uh, during that event. But then when she did her first iteration of teacher, which I got in summer of 2015, you know, we were struggling with our apparel section of our business. And you know, we were a couple hundred thousand dollars in revenue. We bought all these t-shirts we thought were cool. You know, we, and they sat on my shelves in odd sizes and colors and didn't move for months. Right. And then she sent me that book and I'm like, okay, here's where I'm doing it wrong. Here's how I need to change up my business. And then all of a sudden it started working for us because of a, a few simple tips and tricks that she gave in that book, anywhere from negotiating to how you get designs done to um, colors and offerings. It just, it really helped out. And it's just those little things, you know, that 25, whatever, $30 book just adds thousands of dollars in value to you. If you're willing to one, read from the pros and then follow through on their advice. Was a big part of that killing your darlings. I mean, you talked about having all that inventory and odd colors and odd designs. What is your concept of what a successful design is now now that you uh, have repeat orders so um so our best shirt is our be a better human shirt it's a simple logo mm -hmm. um and just just be okay with the fact that you're going to make 100 designs and 99 of them are going to fail yeah be okay with that be totally fine with that and then that's what we did and this one that we did is i just hopped on fiverr um, I saw somebody wearing a shirt that said, be a nicer human. Oh, yeah, that's cool. But I like be a better human. I like the, I like, just like, I like the word better. And so I just, yeah. I never used Fiverr before I hopped on, I found a couple guys with designs that I liked. I'm like, Hey, here's this concept that I'm looking for. I want it to be single color. I want it to be easy to print. I want it to be cheap to manufacture. And one guy came back with a design and he just knocked it out of the park. And as soon as we put it on there, it sold like Mark Cuban wears it all the time, <laughs> you know, on his interviews, like it's cool. Yeah. Um, and that's our number one selling shirt by far and away. And then we just keep releasing new designs of shirts and we keep dropping them on our emails, but if they don't meet our threshold over a 90 day sales period, I just take that product. I deactivate it and I don't worry about it anymore. Keep feeding new ones into the machine. And right. the nice part about print on demand is I'm not buying $3,000 in inventory to have that experiment. Right. I spent 50 bucks in a couple hours on Fiverr, you know, to get a design that might work. You can do all the digital mockups and rendering order a couple samples, take some cool photos in your iPhone, like learn how to shoot photography, get some cheap studio lights and you're gonna be good to go. Yeah. But for us, a successful shirt is one that's profitable, it's moving volume, and then it's the 80-20 rule. We look at 100% of our shirts, what falls in the top 80% in revenue or volume, and we keep those and we just shit can the rest. Just let them go, get rid of them. If somebody's like, oh, I got this shirt and like, hey, man, that's a unicorn. We only made 50 of those. Be proud of that. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Right. Make them feel happy that they got a limited edition product. Now. Yeah, they're collectible now. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. It, as far as getting rid of them, if you're not holding inventory, it is a really good op option to just kill the product on a DTG on demand. Yep. Did you, did you come up against any limitations for things you wanted to do with DTG on demand that you just couldn't do because of DTG or are you Correct. just keeping the art so simple that it doesn't bother you? Uh, no, I mean, like there's a, a lot of our stuff now that, you know, we'll get our be a better human shirt. I'll get five of them that look perfect. Then I'll get one of them look like it. Somebody put a shitty stencil on it yeah. and sprayed it on there. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and, and the nice part about DTG is like when that happens, they send us a photo, we send it right back to the manufacturer and they go, yep, 
we'll get them a new one immediately. And we just write them back, like, don't eat, just keep that shirt, use a workout shirt, whatever, we'll get you a new one. Yeah. And, and they take care of it. And that's the nice part about it is the warranty process and the customer service process. And it is actually quite nice. Mm-hmm. Conversely, we do have a lot of corporate customers. So, you know, being able to have a, a reliable printer that you trust, that you know, that can print out 500 to 1,000 shirts quickly and effectively and efficiently, polybag them the way that you want them, label that you want them is, is absolutely critical for those types of customers because those are significant zeros, lower margins, but you're putting in the same amount of work for a digital rendering shirt that's going to sell to 200 customers as you're going to sell to one customer, but 200 products. So you just have to figure out like what's your time worth. And so and for us, we found that we've just got a really great printer that we have a relationship with and we need any bulk orders like that. So you were talking about corporate customers. Are those ultimately be going into like brick and mortar, like a PacSun kind of a store, or are they just ordering directly to distribute to employees? What are they doing with them? Yeah, like so Google and Amazon are two okay. big customers for that. And so they have great veterans networks. And so, you know, we, we work with their teams and if they need a Google VetNet, you know, t-shirt, They'll come to us and print it. We put 10% of the proceeds toward putting little girls to school in Afghanistan. It's a great marketing collab. They buy from a veteran-owned company. We check those little, you know, supplier diversity blocks, and and then we go. And so that's a that's a big customer, which you have to mail, you know, different palletized shipments to different warehouses around the country. They have to be marked appropriately, and all of those things in order to make your customer happy. So mm-hmm. that way they can they can distribute them, you know, as a as swag essentially right. for their employees or their customers. Um, so that's generally how we do, but no, we don't do any retail whatsoever. And do you feel like there's a missed opportunity not being in stores or the e-commerce, it goes so well that you don't want to deal with the, the, uh, additional issues with retail? Yeah, we, you know, we looked like I, I pushed retail for my Mm -hmm. company super hard for like five years. And when I took a look at as much money as we were spending on travel meals, entertainment, and then looking at the margins that they want to buy from you, all the packaging requirements, all the system setup requirements, the, the, the fees that you get charged if you ship something wrong or mislabeled, what they charge you, and then what you have to do, just the margins aren't there. Yeah. They, they just simply weren't there. And like, maybe you, you've got a great t-shirt design. Maybe you're the next Supreme or the, uh, was it the black, white, whatever the ones are with the white stripes on. I can't remember the name of that company. Um, maybe you're that next company and man, if you are good on you, but the, for the majority of us, like just dealing with retail in that area is it's time consuming, it's expensive, the margins are low. And then in the end, like you don't get the customer, right? Like you don't get the they customer, get the customer. Can, they get the customer. Yeah. And so we, we gave up retail in, um, 2017. It's been the best decision we ever made. Yeah. That's actually, uh... actually second best decision we ever made. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard some nightmares with retail from people who actually, they were relatively successful. They were in Nordstrom and stuff. And yeah, you can have some huge losses, uh, even if you don't just move the numbers they're expecting within a certain amount of time. So what are you looking to do uh, with teacher? I mean, uh, my teacher, my, my job there at teacher is to, you know, serve as a mentor. You know, we're big into doing live online classes and interactions, you know, sign up for the course, get into the mastermind group. Um, and when you go and you do those things, like we're going to have live sessions, you get to talk to Dan, you get to talk to Andrew, you get to talk to Daniel DeMassa, you talk to me, whatever questions you got, like we are there to help. We're here to pass it on. 
And that's the thing for us is like somebody turned around and they did these favors for me. Like, I'm going to do that favor for somebody else. Like, I really want the people who are part of our program who put, are willing to put in the work. I want you to be successful and whatever we can do through this online cool platform that's really easy to read and follow through on. Like, we just want to help. That's, mm -hmm. I mean, that's just my main goal is I just want to help. And so you're really trying to create like a t-shirt mastermind. People are feeding off each other and helping each other grow pretty organically. Yeah, that's it. And I, I think people are wandering need of community right now. Yeah. And that's just another thing is just we're all quarantined. We're all sitting at our homes. We're all trying to figure out our next steps. And who knows, you might meet somebody really cool that you drive with and you have a 10 or 15 minute conversation, but it's that one little tidbit of knowledge that you needed to get you through that next threshold. And you're happy with it. And the person that gave you that knowledge, when they come back to them, like, look what I did. Like, that's to be, to be honest, that's super fulfilling for me is to see the people that I work with being successful. It really is. So when is that next mastermind starting up? Uh, you should sign up now because we're going into our, our mogul course series here pretty soon. So that stuff's going to start hitting here in the next few weeks. Um, so the next big course is going to be signing up here shortly. So go to teacher.com, sign up for the email list, make sure you sign up for the mastermind, our Facebook group in which we interact with you guys daily, but then all the big courses and interviews are going to start coming through pretty quickly. I'd love to know what you think or what you see in smaller brands that are starting up that's just really dumb. If you could just give us some examples of why you think people are failing, why they're not getting sales. Uh, sometimes I think hearing why people are bad at things can be really helpful. I think people are really focused on being too perfect. Mm -hmm. Like everybody wants to be Nike. Everybody wants to be Under Armour. Everybody wants those sexy models and those perfectly composed shots. And they want um, the quippy headlines and taglines that drive people through to their website. And I just got to tell you the like, those guys have, and then their teams have hundreds of years of experience behind them to make one photo work for one advertisement. Don't be ashamed. That's not you. You don't have that, right? Find out what works. Take your current customers, your current user group, focus down really small, and then communicate with them in a way that communicates your brand. It communicates you. Don't be afraid of the line we have here. Memory is cheap. Memories aren't. So learn to take a good photo, snap a shit ton of photos, use your organic content, use your Instagram, find out what people are liking and then figure out what works and then repeat and improve. Yeah. You know, just, just keep doing it over and over and over again. And people just get so tied to the art. Like, Oh, this is my shirt. Oh, this is the photo that everybody's going to love. And I, and it, it doesn't work just because you think it's yeah. going to work doesn't mean it does. And like, there is one, we make a, a Shema scarf for combat flip-flops and there's this one photo of me and I hate being in front of the camera for this stuff, but I'm holding this the scarf over my face, like a face covering. I hate that photo. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm the CEO of the company and I can't stand that advertisement, but it returns. Right. And it was a random shot with a stupid idea that just happened to be perfect timing and it worked. Mm-hmm. That's, those are the things that you're hunting for as a small business and entrepreneur is like taking all of those shots. You miss all the shots you don't take, taking all of those shots that don't cost you very much. So fail cheap, learn fast, and just keep repeating. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be. For social media, do you guys have any sort of fixed rules? Like you're going to post twice a day, no matter what, or do you have a schedule or do you just kind of feel it? I'm going to go back and just tell people the golden age of social media is over. You think so? Yeah, it's over. 
Yeah. Um, I think 2012, 13, 14, when all the platforms started monetizing their platforms, mm-hmm. your engagement goes down, all of these things go down. Like you, you can quickly spend yourself into bankruptcy trying to advertise because you have to advertise organic content does not work anymore unless you're super funny and viral. It just, it just doesn't work. Um, so for us, you know, we just try to be consistent. So we try to post up cool artistic photos once a day, once every other day. Um, and if we don't have the product in stock, we just pull it down and slide something else in, but it's, it's okay to be quiet. It's okay to not have everything going multiple times a day. I used to be the guys like, we need to post on Twitter 10 times a day. We need to post on Instagram, you know, five times a day. We need to post on Facebook. They did it. And like, in the end, I look at the amount of hours that I was spending doing that versus the amount of revenue it was returning and it didn't work. The math didn't back out. Focus on what works. Look at your efforts where they're like, and look at which efforts are driving revenue. Improve on those and then look at everything else. And so for us, social media is just brand. And like, yes, we make money off of social media. We've got our Shopify tied into our Facebook and Instagram stores. Now, if you go to one of our products on our Instagram at Combat Flip Flops and it's tagged, you can click in and you can check out right out of Instagram on there. Mm. It's cool. It's nice but it doesn't return as much as our email list or other efforts that we push on. It's amazing uh, how active your email list seems to be because I've, I've also heard of companies getting, you know, a click-through rate of like 3%. Um, what do you think you're doing so right with the email list? Our co-founder, Donald Lee, fellow ranger of mine, like he is a DR master. And the thing is, is just be clear, like take good product photography, be clear about the message, And the one thing that most people do and that most people fail on is they edit everything on their computer and they fail to realize that customers look at everything on their phone. Oh yeah. If you can't read the text on your phone, you're not going to sell the product. Like our demographic is, you know, 25 to 55 year old males who have served in and out of the military in like Southern California, Texas, Florida, DC, North Carolina, right? A lot of those guys are older. They have vision problems, sometimes like some issues with color and a few other things. And so like, it's got to be clear. It's got to represent good product, good product value, clear messaging. Don't overpopulate it. You don't need to write a 1500 word essay on why your t-shirt's cool. Two sentences at most work. Do that. Like be clear, be cool, be you, right? Communicate that to your customers and like let them do that. And like make it easy for them to click, drive them right to the product. The number of, minimize the number of clicks to the cart. That's what you got to do. Are you still on like... Shopify as you grew, right? Or did you end up on a different platform? No, we're on Shopify. Like we don't do Shopify plus, you know, and it, it's, it, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's great. And they've got a whole bunch of features, but regular Shopify with a couple extra apps that are bolted onto it. You know, do we do millions of dollars in business? We, That's run the, we, we run the company with five people. We don't have any other CRM platform other than Google sheets. Like, we use wow. Google, Google Word, Google Sheets, Google Slides, Google Hangouts, Google Meet, and all that stuff is super cheap. It's like $5 a month per user or whatever it is. You Don't, do like a, a MailChimp flow or something for your email? No, we use Clavio. Like, oh, okay. uh, yeah, we, like, I really like Clavio. We moved over from um, MailChimp in 20, mid-2019 is probably the third best decision we ever made as a company. What do you think is better about it? Because, uh, yeah, I just don't know much about it. Uh, I just, I like the way the system works. I like their segmentation. I like how it integrates with Shopify. It enables 
once you can build your segment, say like, Hey, I want everybody that's bought this be a better human t-shirt. Right. Then I create a segment, be a better human t-shirt men's. Right. And it's like, oh, okay. Hey, you've got 5,000 users that have bought that. And then what you do is you port that back over because Clavio integrates with Facebook and now it can drive your, your audiences that you're going to advertise to you go, okay, like, here's my, here's this list of 5,000 people. And then what you do is you create a lookalike audience, 1%, 2%, 3%. And you go like this 1% is the person that Facebook thinks looks most like the person who these 5,000 people that have bought these shirts, I'm going to advertise to them. And so what happens is, is then you start selling more shirts. And then that list of people who have bought that shirts grow in that segment. And it keeps feeding back the information to Facebook and Facebook keeps refining the algorithm. So then you get a tighter and tighter and tighter user group and increase your conversion rates and your value of the customers. So what? it's a really slick system that does that. And I'm, I just enjoy how it works. Their support team is badass. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really badass. Like I, I love the Clavio support team. Our account managers are awesome. They're always there to help. There's never been a time where we've had a problem that they haven't been able to fix it for us quickly. That's really cool. I, yeah. What kind of, what kind of uh, like cost per conversion do you expect to get when you have all your systems working all together like that? Is there a, a goal that you look for, for a cost per uh, customer acquisition? So our, our threshold is $8 CPA cost per acquisition. Mm -hmm. And that's blended across everything. Um, and this year we've been floating anywhere in like the four to $5 range. Wow. That's yep. fantastic. You can sell anything at that. Yep. <laughs> so do you end up spending a lot of ad money because you kind of want that infinite growth cycle or do you limit it? Uh, we limit it, right? So you have to really take a look at like, and it's, this is something you just got to be very mindful of. And we didn't learn this until the last year. So this is the golden golden egg here. This podcast is, it's really cool that you're selling products, but how much did you spend to sell that product? Mm -hmm. And you can very quickly spend yourself out of profitability because Facebook and Instagram, they don't care. They just want your money. And so for us is we don't, we have certain ROAS return on ad spend metrics. And we look at those multiple times per day. And if our advertisements don't fall within those metrics, for the 24, 48, 72 hour period, you cut the ad, stop spending money on it. Mm -hmm. right? Learn fast, fail cheap, fail cheap, learn fast, right? That's just what it is. Um, we would love to be able to crank up our ad dollars. And I've had multiple conversations with multiple people at Facebook about this, but we found that there's a point when we start cranking our dollars up too high, our return on ad spend falls. So I'd rather spend less, be more profitable than give Facebook my money and, not, and make less. I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, it, it seems like you have a, a more long-term goal for the company to stay healthy than you do to have rapid growth. Is that true? Yeah, and again, this is where I failed as a CEO multiple times is I pushed for rapid growth hard. Like I am a go fast, press all the buttons, take all the shots, get it going. And that just doesn't work. Okay. And, it just doesn't like, unless you're willing to go out and go get tons of money from other people and use their money and fall victim to their, you know, to their whims and desires. So that way you can test your idea. Right. And just take as many shots as you can to collect all the information. What you need to do is just, again, fail cheap, learn fast and be profitable. I'd rather run a $1 million company profitable than a hundred million dollar company losing money. That's great advice. Before we wrap up, if you could just, Tell everybody your websites and where they can find you and also how they can be a part of that mastermind. Yeah, everything um, is at, well, my 
company website is combatflipflops.com. Everything on social is at combatflipflops. And then if you guys want to be a part of the most badass, like t-shirt mastermind group full of some heavy hitters in the industry, you go to teacher.com, T-E-E, like as in t-shirt, T-E-E-A-C-H-E-R.com. Sign up, we'll send you the emails and we'll get you in the crew. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for your time. It's been a great podcast. You have so much uh, experience in e-commerce sales. Thanks, Cole. I appreciate it. I really hope that uh, you guys have a great holiday season. I hope your customers are happy. And I hope if you're listening to this, you guys start putting in the work and making it happen. Best of luck. One last thing. I have joined with Teacher to offer you guys a discounted rate on their book. Their book is available at teacher.com and it's called Build a T-Shirt Company. Um, it's a really good book for anyone trying to get to that first $10,000 in sales. Um, a lot of great e-commerce tips in there, along with how to grow into retail. Um, if you would like to get the book, head on over to teacher.com and the discount code is Cole. That's C-O-L-E. Thank you so much for listening to Building Your T-Shirt Empire.